Welcome to the Common Good Podcast. It is the 16th of August, the dog days of August, some people would say. In some parts of the country, back to school. Where I live here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, they're not going back to school yet. It's, we're, we're, we're a Labor Day kind of crowd for back to school. Uh, but, you know, it's already starting for some people. They're, they're getting back into it. But happy August 16th, everybody. Welcome to the Common Good Podcast. Politics Day, because it's Tuesday. You know why? Because Tuesdays are the days we vote in this country. Well, unless you vote early, or you vote absentee, or you... Or you live in Tennessee. Truly? In Tennessee, they vote. Yeah, they don't yeah. vote on Tuesdays in Tennessee. They they have their primary. Their primaries are on a Thursday. Huh. That just that just seems fantastic. What what are they doing? There's probably a good solid history to why it's Tuesdays um, when we have our typically have our elections. I, I don't I don't know why. Probably had to do with horses. I'm guessing it had something to do with the <laughs> Sabbath on Sunday, how long it took a horse to travel. Like it's always the kind of stuff that you find out, right? Yeah. That's what's yeah. uh, that's what's really up. All right. Well, hey, I'm Doug Paget in Minneapolis. We like to chat about the weather. Just we we win in the summer in Minnesota. I know you know from November through May, it's 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 difficult. But boy, June through uh, September, October, mm, we're winning. Rob, somewhere outside of Fayetteville, Arkansas, how, how are things there? Doug, I was on vacation last week. Um, did anything happen this week? <laughs> well, we have a we we have a lot to talk about. Uh, yeah, <laughs> did have, I miss anything? We have anything? a lot to talk about. Not not only the candidacy <laughs> of the one Lindsey Fagan running for uh, county clerk in Texas, but you know the former president now is is going to go to jail. So. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, uh, weather here in Arkansas is uh, still hot on the second day of school. Um, oh. My uh, my youngest started second grade yesterday. Um, you know, which was uh, a fun thing. Feels it does feel weird, you know, to start before Labor Day, but you know, it is what it is. At this point in the summer, she's bored with everything, anyways. Might as well go back to school. Very excited to learn that uh, several of her friends from our neighborhood are in her class, and oh uh, she said that her teacher is nice even when she's mean, and. Uh, and I said she was mean on the first day of school. Seems a little early for uh, for that, but yeah. But it's good. Oh, you, it's just, you just wait till late October. She is just going to be a rage. Oh, that, that yeah, seriously. Teacher. Yeah. Hey, but it's hot here in Arkansas, like it is. But well, in the chat, whether you're on Facebook or if you're not over on YouTube, that's really where you should go, or on Twitch or on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. Let us know where you are, what the weather is, and if school has started yet. And if you're like me and like you're you don't have grand kids that are fully in the school form yet or you don't have your own children in school or for whatever reason you don't have children in school forget totally that school is a thing you know i used to think a lot about school don't think about it much anymore but go ahead and put that in the in the chat and we are joined by Lindsay fagan Lindsay is running for the county clerk i mean a position that people often don't even know Lindsay is a is a position <laughs> in the world i feel like the last time i heard about a county clerk was like in florida in 2001 presidential election i don't even know if that Marsha Woman was a county clerk or whatever it was. But uh, congratulations on running, and thank you for running, um, because even though a lot of us don't know what county clerks do, they matter a lot, and they, they make a big, big difference. So hello and, uh, and welcome. And how's the weather outside of uh, the Fort Worth area? It is miserable. Uh, yeah. It feels like a big oven outside. So it's been pretty rough. Uh, yeah, I, just, I have a, two little ones and a 16-year-old, and my two-year-old is needs to be outside. She belongs outside. And so having her inside all summer, because it's been 100 plus every day, has yeah. been um, just there's Sharpie on a lot of things in this house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's, well, yeah, hey, okay, Lindsay, tell us about it. You've been talking to people because you're running for county clerk. What does the county clerk do? So basically, a big overview of what the county clerk does is oversee all of the documents for a county. Um, so marriage, licenses, uh, divorce, you know, we manage, manage divorce, property. Uh, basically, you're a, um, like a steward of records. Hmm. Uh, you manage, there's departments underneath you. So I think for me... You know, I've heard for our county specifically, 
the working conditions for the people within the county clerk and the district clerk office. Um, the working conditions are very poor. Um, they've had a lot of overturn uh, or turnover. And so for me, it's about going in and making sure that, um, you know, the office is, you know, the employees are happy. Um, they're going to know a lot more about the process for everything than I do, because like I said, it's a very big, broad mm -hmm. office that manages a lot of information. And so, yeah, um, I wasn't going to run this cycle, but um, after the Kyle Rittenhouse trial and um, he was acquitted, um, it was towards the end of my pregnancy with my youngest son. Um, I just got infuriated that there wasn't more activity within the Democratic Party in my area and not enough energy. And so um, I asked my county chair, you know, what there's a lot of open positions, um, you know, which one would I best, you know, be able to serve in? And nobody was running for the county clerk position. And so here I am. And now um, this is a district that Beto and Biden both won. Okay. So, you know, it's definitely a very winnable seat. And, you know, it's a, it's a wild time to run as a woman, you know, you know, in Texas, we just lost a lot of our rights. And, um, yeah, so it's a wild time to be alive down here and uh, running for office with a tiny baby and a two-year-old yeah. teenager. <laughs> now, I know it was just a slip of the tongue when you said there's been a lot of overturn. Does the county clerk's office have anything to do with elections or protecting the sanctity of elections or no, not allowing yeah. <laughs> overturns to happen um, in the midst Absolutely. of all the employee um, turnover? It's a, it's yeah, it's um, the county clerk is the like elections official for the county. So uh, it's an important position if we're trying to save democracy as well. And so, yeah, I am. I mean, for me, and I think for Rob as well, a lot of us that ran and were endorsed by brand new Congress, you know, we believe in, you know, democracy first and foremost, and also, you know, than getting dark money out of politics. But um, we believe deeply in protecting democracy, which I think, you know, a lot, a lot of people need to be um, weary of right yeah. now with yeah. everything that's going on. Lindsay, you, um, you ran for Congress in 2018. Um, and is, uh, compare and contrast that experience with this experience, because I mean, as a first-time candidate, I, I mean, I always felt like when I was running that I was making it up as I went along, like putting the putting the train together as we were going down the tracks, just no idea what I was doing at all. Um, and I feel now like if I were to run for something again, I'd be like, oh, I could totally win this time because now I know what I didn't know. Um, yeah. So, so that's different, but then also the scale is different, right? Running for a federal office of Congress versus running for a, a county office. So, like, compare and con contrast. Like, how 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 has it been similar? How has it been different? You know, are you doing things differently this time? I'm just curious about all that. Yeah, like you said, the first time I feel like I spent probably six months or a year, like learning which staff members I need, who need, where money needs to be spent. Um, so now I can run a, a campaign very, very effectively with a small amount of money. Um, where before, you know, we were paying for advice from, you know, a consultant telling us about mail pieces. And now, you know, I know how to do things very lean, which comes in really handy in a county clerk race because, you know, county clerk races aren't very sexy and people aren't, you know, looking for their local who's running for county clerk. So we've had to be really creative with fundraising. Um, you know, a lot of our funding actually comes from merchandise sales. I don't know if you've seen any of our really yeah, We're going <laughs> to talk about that. Yeah, let's okay. let's set that aside for just a second because we're going to talk about that. Yeah, so it's different. Um, but, you know, I thought I would be, I thought I would avoid a lot of the, um, what I would consider like the wild, wild Republican activists coming after you like you do in Congress. You avoid it a little bit more, but... I feel like these days, if you just say you're a Democrat, they're going to find you. 
Hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm talk about that. Like what running for office in this environment, I know you have had like some pretty crazy experiences with people online and you know, you are, you're one of those people that, and everybody needs to be following. Is it Lindsay for Texas or Lindsay Fagan for Texas on Facebook? Yeah. Lindsay Fagan type, for Texas. Yeah, yeah. You need to be following Lindsay on Facebook because it is a, <laughs> <laughs> roller coaster of a ride that is amazing. Um, see, I mean, you, you you'll get crazy messages from people, and I mean, you you post them. You know, you oh you yeah. don't you don't shy away from it. You out these folks. Uh, so, look, what's it like running in this particular political environment where it's not politics as usual? Um, I would say I I think the thing last cycle especially that was different than the cycle a lot of the craziness i you know absorbed and i dealt with silently and rob you know a lot about you know mm -hmm. kind of going through the process of running for office and you know it's very stressful it's very um it can be just incredibly strange like on your with your emotions because you're constantly attacked so your body is naturally fight or flight fight or flight fight or flight like no matter how hard you try um and so this time instead of you know suffering in silence hmm. with the crazy you know crazy messages i get and the the just the nasty nasty things people say um yeah i just started to out the people that are saying you know not the people that are saying you know just the normal democratic things that you know you're a demon rat or whatever the hell they say <laughs> just the normal just the normal things that people <laughs> say when you're called the demon people, rat. Yeah. Yeah. whatever yeah, yeah. I mean, demon that. rat who kills babies yeah that, oh my god yeah. And, yeah things um but whenever people really really come at me in nasty ways um you know i think making it clear to people like hey what candidates deal with and I think now that I out people, I have so much less of the um, like vitriol, like the oh. crazy, crazy um, people attacking me because they know if they come for me, like I'll come back yeah. <laughs> for them. You're going to make a t-shirt out of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I, it's actually, it's very interesting to see like my community and my um you know supporter friends they've like scared off <laughs> the huh. trolls that i used to have and so i don't know it's just like really amazing and i just yeah. never would have thought like oh instead of suffering in silence with all of this um you know all of these things that people say and death threats and people last yeah. cycle somebody threatened to kidnap my daughter and instead of now dealing with those things privately and just kind of holding them all in mm -hmm. it's so much nicer to you know speak openly about it because people want transparency and vulnerability with candidates i think donald trump made it clear that people want authenticity if you will mm -hmm. um i don't think he's authentic as much as he's excellent at manipulation but um, I think there was something to be learned with the type of candidate he was, yeah. where he didn't have a filter. And so I'm like the complete other side of that, where I don't have a filter, but I do it in a um, kind, vulnerable way, unless yeah. you come for me. And then oh boy. it's not. Then the mama bear. <laughs> yeah, you, you know that old saying, authenticity is key. Once you can fake that, you've really got it made. So that's the thing that uh, Donald, Donald Trump has learned is you know just figure out what the thing is that you need to, that you need to fake. Hey, um, what what's the temperature, political temperature, feeling like in in your part of Texas? For a lot of us, Texas really matters. We feel like Greg Abbott is iconic nationally. He's playing a role. I think he's agitating um, uh, disunity in our country, and he says lots of things about, especially about people who are seeking to come into our country future citizens and future participants that are untrue and lies and all the rest. Um, and they just make decisions in Texas about laws and even the way the power grid is run that <laughs> feels like um, some political change should be in the air. Is it? Do you feel like in your part of Texas, because your part of Texas is really important to you know any success that Beto O'Rourke would have in running for, for governor and, and maybe just sort of the spirit and the mood across Texas as a whole? 
Yeah, I, whenever I decided to run, one of the reasons was it was, uh, I want to say it was before Beto and now, no. No, it was probably after Beto, um, but there were, just wasn't as much momentum as there was. Whenever I ran for Congress, I ran after Donald Trump won in 2018. <laughs> so obviously yeah. the amount of momentum we had here, it was, you know, insanity. Um, and this cycle, I was just as angry about everything going on in the country and still nothing has changed. And I guess I was just so disappointed in, you know, how you know, there was no momentum on the Democratic side, yeah. really, or the Republican side. Um, and now with Beto, if you've, if you could ever, if you can watch that man live, you have never seen anything like it. I mean, I'm a political like speech junkie. I love, I really, really like JFK, RFK. He has the same vibe. Like he is brilliant. You hit him with any question. He answers flawlessly like he is lovable republicans don't mind him um it's really it's really a matter of how many people can he get in front of because if if Re republicans won't actually listen to him it's just they hear the same talking points of he's gonna take my ar-15 mm -hmm. um you know so he's he's if you really talk, listen to him talk about guns, um, he's really not radical when it comes to, um, you know, protecting the, or protecting or getting rid of the second amendment. Like he's very, very reasonable because he knows where he's running. Mm -hmm. um, but I do feel like, you know, people are really fired up for him and he has an amazing organization. Like mm -hmm. he runs his campaigns as flawlessly he he is effective hmm. and i think he would be a very 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 effective leader he remembers everything like he remembers people he remembers their stories he's just a wonderfully empathetic man and i think a lot of people are ready to have something different hmm. than yeah. greg abbott <laughs> well yeah. and you know as is as, as evidence in these in these comments uh, people who live in texas as i i used to boy they love texas i mean i know that's sort of just a slogan you right like don't mess with texas and and all that yeah but boy people really take their texas seriously and i understand there's different parts of texas and the people who live in different parts once you get into the state you know they start reminding you that they're from austin or they're from the, the border <laughs> or they're from houston or from dallas or the panhandle or wherever but there's a particular texas spirit do you feel like that even comes into play in your race you know when you running for something that is not as familiar to people that that there's a race like this going on i think the texas that i grew up in and especially specifically the city i grew up in um you know it was i felt growing up it you know we were notorious for kindness and um you know neighborliness and just being you know loud but very you know pleasant <laughs> but now i think that I think that there are some Republicans, um, you know, because we used to just have a lot of, I would say, you know, more moderates in Texas in general. And I think a lot of those people are coming back to reality after Trump. Um, and I really, I mean, I, I don't know what to, what's going to happen in the, in this next election. Um, but I just feel like Republicans are, a lot of them really are waking up a lot of, the people that are consistent voters, um, they're waking up to the fact that Greg Abbott can't manage our grid for shit. Like he's, he, and, and I mean, it's, it's, and a lot of conservatives voted against him in the primary. Like he had a lot of primary opponents in the far, he didn't, as much as he tried to appeal to the far right, the far right doesn't even like Greg Abbott. So if I think if Beto can, tamper down some of the hatred against him um i think that he, we could really get a really good turnout from democrats and maybe just yeah. a like a lessened turnout from republicans and hopefully hopefully win this thing yeah <laughs> across so, the board me, him and everyone yeah. else yeah Lindsay, you um you you mentioned that when you decided to run it it didn't seem like there was a lot of 
political energy that there was, you know, folks weren't real energized about, about 2022 and, and, and the election it, that has changed um, for a variety of reasons. I mean, it, every day that we get closer, you know, people, more people are paying attention, but certainly the, the Dobbs decision, um, Uvalde, uh, you know, now, you know, the January 6th commission that, you know, the Donald <laughs> Trump stuff, like just the blatant corruption that, you know, we all knew, but now we're, we're learning the specifics about, you know, so it seems like they're like the energy has really shifted Absolutely. and, and I, I, I'm curious, like how you, how you felt that and, you know, do you think that that's sustainable for the next 90 days or however many days we're out, 80, 80 some days out now? Yeah. Um, you know, is that is that something that's sustainable over the over period, the, the coming period of time between now and November? Yeah, I, I think I mean, the, the further we go along, um, it seems like the more and more energy. And as soon as I think that the shit show that is the Republican Party has stopped, you know, handing Democrats just more fuel and, um, yeah. you know, like anger. I just think that like the further, I mean, like it's just every day, I think and a lot of people feel like they're so tired of every day being mm -hmm. a absolute dumpster fire. Um, I mean, especially down here in Texas, it is just, I mean, it, it could not be a worse political environment as far as the division, um, you know, what's going on on the Republican side. And I do think with Uvalde and Roe, I think a lot of women specifically, once again, are realizing, you know, um, if if we don't get out and vote, it's not just, oh, will our taxes go up or, oh, well, you know, um, yeah whatever other will the potholes get fixed in our city i think people are realizing now if people don't get out and vote we might not have rights mm -hmm. in general um you know there are republicans that are talking about um interstate travel for women um be making sure that women aren't pregnant before they travel from state to state. There are people floating out very bizarre yeah, ideas very bizarre. that I think a lot of us always said, of course that will not happen. Um, but these things are happening. You know, Donald Trump, <laughs> Donald, Donald Trump um, may have nuclear codes that he's given <laughs> or nuclear information that he's given to other countries. Um, women, yep, oh, Roe versus Wade was overturned. Like these things can happen yeah. and they are happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the Republican party is going to be, um, is gonna have a rude awakening in the changing times <laughs> that we're in yeah. and the fact that they're just trying to go so far back in the future with our yeah you know, yeah. rights of our country. Yeah. Now, one of the ways that you've kind of responded to all of this, um, and I imagine some of it is probably, you know, cathartic in some ways, um, you have kind of taken your, your rage about the bizarreness of everything that's going on and, uh, and coupled that into a way to fund your campaign for county clerk um, by coming up with, maybe the greatest campaign merch of all time. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like wh what's the digital equivalent of like, where are your ears ringing? Um, because you know, there was a, you got mentioned in the, uh, in the, the vote common good uh, group chat um, where we were, <laughs> I said, you know, you gotta, y'all gotta check out Lindsay's uh, merch and we need to get her making t-shirts for vote common good. Because uh, I mean, you've got just the Tell best us about those shirts. So, what, what do you see you, on the yeah. shirts? What's on them? Are you asking me or Rob? Well, I don't know either one of you. I haven't seen the shirts yet. What's 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 Rob, on them? You you go. You say which ones are your favorites, Rob? Uh well, I'm 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 my favorite. I might not be able to say here on the podcast. Yeah, just but, pick uh, one. Yeah, the, yeah. Tell, tell us an appropriate family friendly one. You know, a Tuesday morning appropriate. Well, that's the best part is that they aren't really family friendly. Um, well, you know, we're talking about it. 
yeah, you've got uh, you've got the uh, you know the the F Greg Abbott shirt. Um, mm -hmm. You know the uh, the uh, the uh, separate. Uh, you got to play on words <laughs> with uh, separate church and state um, with a little uh, a little statement about uh, reproductive rights, which is super clever. Then you've got things like in that are. It happened kind of virally, you know, in your on your Facebook page. You've got like the shit club because I think oh, yeah. you know one of those posters that one of those trolls, you know, you know, called your followers a shit club, and so like you've you've taken these things and you've like you know created some really hilarious, uh, some really hilarious merchandise as a response. Like is that I, I noticed you're wearing a Cory Bush shirt, you know. It, who's you know a friend of both of ours and we we yeah. love um you know has how has that kind of taken off has that been like how's that been you know in terms <laughs> of uh you know just kind of having some fun with the campaign and coming up with some great merch well i think right now a lot of people are looking for some like levity in politics right where it's everything is so depressing and uh, overwhelming <laughs> and so many times just straight up sad. And so I, um, you know, we actually started the shirt line after, um, so there was this guy named Jeremy. Uh, he wrote me, <laughs> I had posted about, I don't remember what I had posted about, something about my postpartum depression. And um, he, sent me a message that said nobody likes you or your you know um your your platform and the only way people will respond to you is if you're like an emotional little girl or something like that and then he said i don't remember what it was but it was just it was one of the just meanest messages i ever got and um you know i'm pretty open with the fact that you know, I've now at the really the tail end of having postpartum depression, but I've been very open about, you know, running for office with, you know, any kind of, you know, mental issues, whether it's anxiety or ADHD or depression. Um, I really just want to make clear to people that like, even if you have these issues, you absolutely can run. So I've been very honest about, um, you know, what's been going on with me. And so he responded in this really mean way. So then I um, put his messages up for the world to see hmm. um, with his name. Usually I will, you know, censor somebody's name because I'm, you know, like I, most people are not used to people like, sending them you know 200 messages <laughs> to their to their inbox but for him i was like i'm gonna make a special case i'm gonna make <laughs> i'm gonna make a special exception for you jeremy um so i put up his name first name last name put up the post of with his messages and um then i created a fundraiser that was called um f jeremy but with the real word and um we raised seven thousand dollars <laughs> in honor of this troll <laughs> and what's so funny is originally when I was running I was just going to be like if in my head I was like at least I want to put my name on the ballot I know I have two babies I'm incredibly busy but like you know I'm just going to put my name on the ballot and then it was funny because it was like after like Jeremy catapulted my campaign to like a whole nother level because at that point in the campaign, it's a county clerk raise. It was, you know, earlier on. I hadn't raised a, you know, I think I'd raised like, you know, two, three, four thousand dollars. <laughs> and then Jeremy came along and was the most effective fundraiser we've had. Um, you could consider him like my biggest donor almost. And um, and so then in the middle of him, so after he um, we put up the post about him. He doubled down. And so then he started, you know, talking to all of my supporters that were, you know, expressing like their love and saying, I'm so sorry you're dealing with this while you have, you know, a, you know, I think at the time my son was maybe, you know, two months old while you have a baby and, you know, you're dealing with like sleepless nights and you have this app, you know, sorry, I'm not going to swear. You have this idiot named Jeremy. Um, and so, he was going back and forth, like attacking everybody on my page who then would just get more mad and donate more money. And then um, he's like, I'm not scared of you and your little S-H-I-T cult. Um, 
<laughs> I'm trying to be. You can say. I mean, you can say. I am. I just cult. have. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I have no filter. I'm so sorry. Um, and so then I was like, some. So many people were like, I want that T-shirt. And so that's actually when I launched the T-shirts. And what's wow. funny is now the T-shirts. I would say like they're probably almost fifty percent of the funding for my campaign. And so. Fantastic. It's just biz so bizarre and like the t-shirt line and everything and all of my success yeah. came from this horribly mean man that, yeah. um, you know, just told me I was a little, you know, whiny bitch or something. Well, Lindsay, I'm really sorry that that happened to you. I mean, I know you're trying to make light of it. It's, it's also really sad, right? People shouldn't be abused. They shouldn't be called names. We've got to get the vitriol out of our politics, and I'm really Absolutely. sorry for you. And thank you for running, you know, in 2018 in that tough environment. Thanks for running in this one, and um, I hope all of us can find a way to pursue something better than, you know, people attacking you on and, as, as you run. Like, uh, if we couldn't say yeah. that to each other, and if, you know, uh, people on, on uh, whether you're in their political party or not, I think we can say to each other. Hey, we can we, yeah. we we can do this a little better. So thank you for being uh, being somebody who's willing to offer yourself, and thanks thanks for being with us today. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Hey, and, and I did Lin apologize to Jeremy. So I was at the end. I was nice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I think Lindsay, him. where can where can folks find you on online? They want to follow along. They want to get a T-shirt. They want to <laughs> want to join the 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 shit cult. <laughs> We're really active on the Facebook page. I, I'm very interactive, um, you know, speaking back and forth with people there. Um, our website's lindsayfagan.com, L-I-N-S-E-Y-F-A-G-A-N.com. Um, but yeah, the Facebook page is probably the best place to go for any information that you may need. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for being with us today, Lindsay. Good luck on the, the campaign yeah. and uh, and everything. Uh, you know, we, we wish everything good happening in texas for sure yeah right on thanks thank Lindsay. you guys so much Bye. all right wow yeah it just really uh, tells you so it doesn't rob there's just so much happening and going yeah. on and so many difficult yeah. situations so uh, people find themselves in it's really really heartbreaking yeah Lindsay is um a candidate for common good and uh we uh we are announcing today 40 new candidates for common good. Four zero. 40. We are just about doubling the number of candidates for common good that we have. Um, and uh, it's pretty exciting. We've got uh, sitting Congress people like Veronica Escobar and Jamie Raskin, that, you know, from that fantastic television series, um, the January 6th commission, um, <laughs> candidate for common good. Star Jamie Raskin, also congressman. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and candidate for common good. Um, uh, uh, Chantel Brown, Joyce Beatty, um, um, Tom Malinowski in, uh, in, uh, in New Jersey. We've got, so we've got, you know, sitting Congress people that are candidates for common good. We've got, Senate candidates like Charles Booker in Kentucky, who is one of the most exciting candidates in the country, uh, running against Rand Paul, candidate for common good, Natalie James here in Arkansas running for, for Senate. We've got Senate candidates in Idaho and North Dakota. Um, you know, it's it's pretty exciting. So I encourage folks to, to go to votecommongood.com and you can see uh, our candidates for common good. We're going to be posting some of those on social later today and uh but you can see who those candidates are and um and uh and check all that out we're pretty excited and uh and you know lindsey fagan candidate That's right. for common good as That's well right. and, yeah. even, and 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 you know county clerk commissioners yeah uh because and this is what's important like a political identity is framed by a lot of things not just the most famous or not just the most powerful uh, positions that somebody uh, could run for. And what we're trying to do is to help people find the common good and make that their, their voting criteria. And we want, want candidates to be committed to the common good. And ideally, Rob, and you know, I, I know we, we get some of this, we've got some candidates for common good and, you know, wanting to run in, in Michigan who are Republicans. It would be nice if people across the board would be committed to the common good and let that be another way to organize 
rather than organizing only by political party. You, you know what I mean? It's, it's almost like you yeah. go onto some website and you want to look for things. I know you're looking for meals or clothes or a guitar like I was doing the other day. And it's as if there's only two categories to, to click, to yeah. sort, right? Like yeah. political party yeah. and my state. And in political party, there's a bunch of them. Sure, there's a bunch of people that run for political parties, but really two primary ones. But it would be nice if we also said there's another way to sort. There's another way to think about our politics and those who are statedly committed to the common good. Because we're not doing an endorsement. We're not saying we've looked at these candidates and they fit us. They've said we're people that are committed to what you all are committed to which is the common good. Yeah. And that's a, such an interesting and such a better way to think about politics, I think, um, than just the brand name and the, and the political tribe. Someone who is not a candidate for common good. <laughs> who's up uh, to no good? Is that what you're about to say? Yeah, Tell it's up to no good. Say uh, a guy named uh, Donald Trump and uh, his merry band of, you know, we talk about us being a merry band of common do-gooders. His merry band of, you know, do batters. Just um, criminals. Just the criminality, Robin. This is what we... Uh, last week, yep. you know, we were just hours into finding out that federal agents had to go to Mar-a-Lago to get back property that belongs to the United States government and was going to put the United States government at risk. We just heard that news. Well, since then, in the last 168 hours, boy, a lot has come about. And a, a lot is going to continue to, to come about. But I, I'm just guessing, boy, last week when you were, uh, you know, leisurely on vacation, you were probably just itching to, uh, to have somebody to talk to about, uh, about all this. So it's a really big deal, right? Um, and the other yeah. things happening with, with Trump are also a big deal. Giuliani is a target in Georgia, yeah. which means Donald Trump is a target in Georgia. Um, uh, Lindsey Graham is being called into all that. The Department of Justice called in another one of Trump's lawyers into a grand jury about about the January 6th insurrection or the desire to overturn the election, which means, my reading, the Justice Department is looking at Trump for this. Of course, the Mar-a-Lago, and then the case that some of us thought was going to be a bigger deal than it turns out to be, which is the tax fraud case and the, and the cook in the books up in New York um, isn't apparently going to be criminal charges against Donald Trump, but it is criminal charges against Alan Weisselberg, who's his, who is his, his money person. And, uh, yeah. I mean, the level, Rob, this is what we t talked a little bit about last week, so I want, I want to harp on it. People can just go back and watch that video or listen to, listen to that thing. The, the level to which we have to put up with nonsense in this country because of Donald Trump is, is just, pr frankly, irritating to me. Yeah, yeah. We, I shouldn't yes. have to be having arguments with friends of mine whether Donald Trump declassified documents because you Seriously. know what we have had you know in my lifetime seven other presidents never once did we have to have this conversation why are we having to have it now i mean i'm not trying to be the you know the the, the school teacher that sort of lectures people when they're um you, you know well how come none of the other students seem to have this problem but really republicans <laughs> Why don't we seem to have this problem with any other presidents? What is it about this guy or his criminality just seems to have no bounds? It yeah. is, uh, you know, there's this great passage, Rob, in the book of, of Romans where uh, the Apostle Paul says. In the, in the good book. In the good book. Uh, where the Apostle Paul saith, they do evil unto other evil. In fact, they invent ways of doing evil. And it's kind of this idea that like some people's misdeeds just have no bounds. And Donald Trump yeah. can't, there's, there was this book that came out by one of the anti-Trumpers uh, that just said everything Trump touches, you know, he breaks everything. I can't remember. Dies. Yeah, di everything, dies. yeah, everything Trump touches <laughs> dies. It, it's just, this is the part of it. We can talk about the specifics of the criminality, which we probably should, and what we've learned recently and about how dangerous it is because people should remember this stuff because the firestorm, or sorry, the fire hose of confusion that's going to come from the Trump people and from the, the Republicans that choose to rally around him is cause, causes people confusion. But in all honesty, when are Republicans going to say, whatever it is you think you liked about the guy, uh, his deregulation, is. All that stuff, you get it with any other candidate. Just pick one. They would all give it to you. Yeah. Why do you want this crazy? Because if you think what Donald Trump is doing is exposing the deep state, well, I got a question for you. How come we haven't seen any exposing of the deep state? 
if what Donald Trump came in to do was to reveal all the evil that's being done by the deep state, why is it that all that's happened is Michael Flynn, Roger Stone, Steve Bannon, Michael, uh, what was Trump's lawyer's name? Michael Cohen. Cohen. Why have all these people pled guilty or been convicted of crimes during Trump's administration? He didn't. He didn't expose a, a Democrat. He didn't put. He didn't. He didn't put Hillary Clinton in jail, did he? No. Yeah. You know who went to jail? Yeah. The people working for him. So all right. this like deep state nonsense and Biden is you know using the the Justice Department. It's just so unbelievable. At some point. The cult just has to break, and it's it just seems yeah. to be running deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah, for sure. I think that there, I mean, there's there's so many fascinating trails to go down. We didn't even talk about um, Alex Jones, and <laughs> right. and and that. I mean, what? I, and it's going to be really interesting to see what was in Alex Jones's texts and emails that have now been requested by the January 6th commission. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and you know, the, the, the prosecuting attorney in, in Texas, or maybe it was a, the lawyer for the family. I, I can't remember which, um, you know, is going to be able to turn those over, um, to the January 6th commission. You know, we're, we're finally getting some window now, Doug. There's there's two things that that are kind of lingering questions. One is your position has always been that we don't put ex presidents in jail. Yep. You know we're not going to have like that. That's just not who we are. It's not what we do. We're not going to get a Donald Trump perp walk in the orange jumpsuit. Yeah. Um, so. In light of what's happened in the last week, has your either your personal position on that changed, or, or or do you think we will get a criminal prosecution of Donald Trump? And do you, if we do, do you do you still think that that's not necessarily a good thing? I have long held that we have to do two things: you have to pursue the law, and criminals need to be prosecuted and we're not going to put former presidents in jail. I still think that's the case. There there are a lot of consequences that can come from a criminal conviction. And often sentencing is something that gets negotiated or plea bargains are made or deals are struck. So, we're going to once again Donald Trump has put this country in a terrible situation where his criminality is something that all the rest of us now have to deal with. So the system's going to have to do something it doesn't want to do, it shouldn't have to do, something that just has no, uh, no, no need to be done. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to mean that Donald Trump is going to be convicted. I think he's going to be charged. He could be charged with a number of issues. I think yeah. he's going to be charged. And I think we then have to find a way where he's not inmate number, you know, 1,187 or 11,187. Like he can't, we, that, that is, that will just damage this country in a way that the legal system has to think about every, every law that's passed is passed with the best interest of the country at heart. Every prosecutor, every sentence has to be done for those purposes. So does that mean that some people will receive less consequence or penalty for the same crime? It, it does. And so the idea that it's equal justice under the law, yes, but every punishment is not the same. We all know this, right? Somebody can be convicted of a crime and then they can work with the government to have their sentence reduced. This is what I think is, gonna, is, is going to happen. I, I've, I don't think I've ever wanted to say, and I, I may have, that I don't think Trump should be prosecuted. I think Trump can't be imprisoned. And that is, yeah. uh, I, I just think that's a, that's a line that this country won't, won't allow to be, uh, to, to be crossed. And, and in his self-interest and the country's betterment, I think some, some kind of a deal would be struck on, on any, of these, any of these issues. Yeah. So then the other, the other big question is we keep looking for and waiting for the 
the thing that will cause Republicans to wake up. Mm-hmm. You know, this is going to, this oh, will be the thing. Be They're the fine. Thing. This, this will be the thing. Yeah. We've, I mean, we have said that so many times. I'm at the point now where I, like, I, I personally don't think there is a thing that will, that will That's right. snap the Trump supporters out of it. What's your take on that at this point? Is, is this, is this the thing that finally, you know, rests the, the control of the Republican Party away from Donald Trump? I don't think the I don't think we're going to ever reach a point where 60, 70% of Republicans have turned on Donald Trump. I think it's just baked in, built in. It doesn't matter. Um, the fan base for almost any criminal, you know, the celebrity criminal is not going to move for them no matter what they hear, right? So I don't think you're going to see a 60 or 70% swing. I think you might see a 5 or 10% swing, though. I think the fact that Donald Trump only has 57 or 58% of Republicans that think he should be the nominee. Can you imagine if Barack Obama had lost the election to Mitt Romney, how many Democrats would have been saying, yes, we think Barack Obama should run again? I don't think it would have been 57% of the Democrats, right? The, so his numbers are weakening, but that doesn't mean that people are going to are going to turn on them because it's not really how the political mind I think of of a mass of people works and operates. He's already tested the boundaries. He knew this back in 2016 when he stood at a college, Christian college in Iowa and said, "My support among you people is so strong I could shoot somebody in the middle of 5th Avenue and not lose any supporters." He has known it for a long long time. So whatever it was that cemented that it is cemented. Um, but he lost support in 2020. That's why he lost the election. He's lost support since 2020. It's a different question than when will the Republican Party totally repudiate the guy and totally walk away from him? Because as it turns out, they're not going to as long as he has control of the money and he still has yeah. control of the fund, the fundraising, both the psych- psychology, because he raises more money than anybody else, and actually his... his, his uh, organization controls the money for the RNC. That's why they have hundreds of millions of dollars. So that's what I think. I think people are, are personally moving away. And I think, um, that's how that's going to, that's how that's going to go down. What about elected? Yeah. What about elected leaders? I mean, does, you know, we, goodness, um, the, the political mood has certainly changed that, you know, there was, there was a sense that Republicans were going to clean up and clean up big in the midterms. And now that is not necessarily the case. Um, you know, the Democrats seem to have the momentum and so many of the reasons why can be pegged directly to Donald Trump. The, you know, even the, you know, the Dobbs decision overturning Roe v. Wade, you know, was possible because of the people that Donald Trump nominated yeah. to the Supreme Court. Um, if Republicans lose in the midterms, and if Republicans lose big in the midterms, in a history shifting way, because I mean, every you look at inflation, you look at historical trends, you look at all this stuff. And you say, okay, it, Republicans should win big in the midterms. If they lose, if they lose big, does that get tagged on Donald Trump? Does, is he to blame for that? Will and and does that really squash his future political identity? Yeah, I mean, th- this is the genius of the. House of Representatives structure that, you know, we have hundreds of them that are up for re-election every two years. And the idea is that your member of the House is supposed to be close to the population. The people get to have a referendum on them and they're voting every two years where a senator represents, two senators represent the entire state. So a much larger group. It's only every six years. It's more of a deliberative body. The president is then elected on a four-year cycle and 
obviously has very little, you know, has a the most disparate of of constituency. But the House is designed to be a rapid change kind of situation. But because of the way we've structured the the districts, turnover of the House of Representatives is not as robust as it as it should be. So even when you get a 40 point or a 40 seat swing, which is huge, like happened in 2018 and 25 seat swing back to Republicans that happened in 2020. Don't forget, like when Donald Trump lost the election, Republicans picked up seats, which tells you people were more committed to the Republican party than they were to Donald Trump. Or it tells you that what happens in certain districts is particular and not matching what's happening at a national level. So the thing that I think is hard, and I think that a lot of political pronosticators don't get exactly right and should get better, is that they seem to think that what's happening at the political, at the house level in politics is just directly correlated to what they, what's happening at the national level. And you've raised this issue a lot that like the pop the popularity of Congress and the House of Representatives is like single digits, right? Ten or eight or twelve percent. And the re-election rate is in the nineties. Yeah, and that's because when you ask people what do you think of Congress, they tell you a bunch of bums, throw them out. And what do you think of your congressperson? They're like, oh, I'm actually going to vote for him again, right? Because that that's the difference is that what's happening at the at the national political level is not always the same as what's happening at the at the, at the smaller level. All that to say, I think, we think around here, 26 seats are actually up for grabs. Maybe it's going to be 20, maybe it's going to be 32, but somewhere in that, in that number. Of all the seats that are, be, and again, every House of Representative seats is up every two years. So they're all up all the time. <laughs> That's one of the things that drives the funding necessity in Congress is that they're having to run elections constantly. And so of all that are up, it's only a handful, well, a couple of big hands, a, a gr group handfuls uh, that, that, that are up for grabs. So could you see a swing where Republicans would say, wow, we lost those seats. I didn't think we were going to lose those close seats, the ones in Michigan and in Texas and in, you know, maybe even one in Nebraska. I didn't think we were going to lose those. But overall, we won hundreds of races, so we're going to stick with Trump. So that's the thing. I don't think any number would move people away from would move people away from Trump because he lost forty seats in twenty eighteen, and people were just like, "Well, that's fine. We'll, we'll stick with him," and and pr probably believe he actually even won those. So I I don't you know if if you're a if you're somebody that is um working inside the Republican superstructure, I think you're you're just thinking. 70% of our people like Trump. We'll just, uh, we'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll just, we'll just stick with the guy because they don't care. And this is the thing that is like, it's, it's not as if these are people that are saying, and even all the good ones, right? Name our good ones. Cheney, Kinzinger, you know, the 10 that voted for impeachment. Have any of them really come out and said, I'm just unwilling to be a Republican any longer? I haven't seen one person abandon Republicanism over this like said we tried we did it all i'm out so their 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 commitment to the party in republicanism is so strong their question is only can we resist donald trump not should we ever abandon the party and i think that for overall they're not going to i think the trump brand is the republican brand for for another decade the foreseeable yeah the foreseeable future what do you think yeah do, do you think they're yeah, ever gonna move you know, one of the things that has been so frustrating has been, you know, we know that Mitch McConnell and Ted Cruz and, you know, all of these folks, you know, these these Republicans with a national profile, we know they loathe Donald Trump. They can't stand him. But they seem to be scared to death of him. They constantly do his bidding and kowtow to him. And I think a lot of that, as you mentioned, has to do with, 
with fundraising and the merging of the Trump campaign with the RNC and and he holds you know the 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 purse strings for Republican fundraising at this point because he he has that that donor list which is which is gold which is everything in political fundraising. I mean, we have wondered over and over and over again when are these guys gonna when are they gonna you know do yeah. what Liz Cheney's doing and and mm-hmm. say something you know and I mean at this you know at this point and Liz Cheney it's gonna today it's gonna cost her her job yeah. she's gonna lose the Republican primary today in Wyoming uh, if there is a repudiation of Trump at the polls by voters again that causes Republican leadership to, you know, suffer unexpected. Because Kevin McCarthy thinks he's going to be Speaker of the House. Mitch McConnell thinks he's going to be Majority Leader of the Senate. If those things don't happen and they blame their own personal, you know, disappointment on Donald Trump, um, could like I think there's a scenario where you could see political leadership in the Republican Party finally begin to move away from Trump in a meaningful way. Hmm. Um, yeah, that, I guess if you couple that, that significant with an indictment from the January sixth activities, <laughs> if you couple yeah. that with interference and obstruction of justice in Georgia, if you couple that with an espionage charge and a counterterrorism charge. I mean, at some <laughs> point, right? And, and, is that enough? <laughs> and I do think it is enough, right? Because, look, the things that I loathe Donald Trump for are also the things for which th- the dire predictions of what was coming down from the you know, impact of the things he said when he was running in 2016 to the Mueller report, uh, to the New York investigation... Like these things have not landed on him showing him to be the criminal that I believe that he is. But I take it that, you know, there's honest people doing this work and they've concluded rightly and that our system um, has has held itself and that Donald Trump is not guilty of those things according to the law the way that I feel like he is. So I have to take that. That's how it goes, right? So you change that, but you change that dynamic you get a conviction of some kind or you get the public revelation. Look, if Donald Trump, if they looked at security footage because what they took at Mar-a-Lago wasn't just documents. And by the way, I wish we had somebody smart on here who could answer this question because I'm not sure we, 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 we will um, be able to answer this question. But couldn't he have just photocopied all of these documents? Like, I get Seriously. it that the document is like top secret, but he's probably got a photocopier there at Mar-a-Lago where he could roll one into yeah. the room where he was like, I, I truly don't understand why it's like, go get that document. Couldn't he take a picture of it with his phone and, and have the document? So I, I'm really, truly yeah. confused Love about the, the idea app. that the FBI felt it urgent and they clearly did. So I'm not saying that they're you know, up to no good. I'm trying to say, what is it they were going after? And what, what is, what is going on here? Because the idea that somehow now we're safer because these things aren't there. Well, if Donald Trump thought they were so important, he's not, he didn't make a copy of them. So I'd love for someone to know who knows the answer to that one, uh, to be able to answer it. But if the thing was Rob, not just that it was documents they were going after that may or may not have been, you know, duplicated, in a duplicator machine. But if they pulled security footage and have security footage of people going into the place where those documents are stored and they have witnesses, which it seems like because yesterday's pushback from the Justice Department to not release the subpoena said, we don't want to release the witnesses that we have because they'll be intimidated and less likely to work with us and our novel investigative tools. So they're up, they know things in ways that matter. But if they know that certain people went into that room and looked at those documents and that some kind of a transaction or experience with those documents happened, 
that's the kind of thing that could really turn Republicans, I think, against against Donald Trump. Like if Marco Rubio, the self-serving Florida guy, if even McCarthy, the self-serving you know, uh, California guy, if even Mitch McConnell, the self-serving Kentucky guy, if those people realize that they've tagged themselves to somebody who's committed counterterrorism, <laughs> you know, it's going to be charged with counterterrorism. Yeah, they'll, they'll leave. Will they leave because it looks bad on them or because voters don't care for him? I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, but I think that, that this, this, you know, justice department investigation, FBI investigation could be the real deal, but you know, Whose knows? Because I've just you know I can't I can't go through the Mueller thing again. I can't can't do it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. there's no possible way they go through all of this and not end up with an indictment. And in the end, you know, Bill Barr just says there was nothing there, total exoneration. Trump says, and that's it. And so it's not entirely clear to me yet. Uh, but this this doesn't look great. So, and, and will they, yeah, and will I, they appoint I, a special prosecutor? Like, is that what's going to have to happen to get this out of political spaces? Is that now a political, uh, a special prosecutor is going to be, going to be, uh, appointed, you know, and are we talking three years of investigations and reports and, and, and in hearings and appeals and, yeah, and he could be president again. Yeah. I, can't, when I don't know. That yeah. But you know, my theory on that, take, take, just take it as a Tuesday encouragement. As the sitting president, the guy couldn't win re-election. The yeah. most powerful position for which to run for president. Now, after an insurrection, he's now going to run as a guy? And you think he's going to win? No, I, I don't. I, I just think... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would love nothing more for that guy to run and have the people say no to him and then have him be convicted of a crime. Um, hey, uh, okay, real quick, because we got to go. Uh, what do you think is going to happen in Wyoming? Do you think Cheney's going to pull it close and still lose? Pull it, uh, it's going to be close and she's going to win or she's going to get blown out? What do you think? It's tonight. Uh, I think she's going to lose. I think it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be somewhere between close and uh, blowout. <laughs> you know, I, I, like, I don't think, I don't think either <laughs> of those are going to be able to be, I think it's just going to be, she lost. Yeah, I think she's going to lose by 12 to 15 points. Sort of, I don't think it's going to be 20, but I don't think she's going to get close. Uh, and you think, okay. I mean, and frankly, it's, it's, it's sad. And, you know, because, you know, she, the reason she is losing is because she stood up to Donald Trump through her work on the January 6th commission. Yeah. Because Republicans don't want to vote for her anymore. It's really, maybe she shouldn't have voted for Trump in 2020. Hey, uh, what, what do you think about Alaska? Anything there? You think Sarah Palin's the, the going to ultimately be the winner of it, which apparently we're not going to know for two weeks because they do rank choice voting up there like we do in Minnesota and then they have to bring in absentee ballots and run a statistical system over all of them and sort of figure out who wins. I, do, you, do you think it's going to be Palin? It, probably, but I'm rooting for Santa Claus. There's a... Uh, That's right. There's, yeah. a, there, there's a, a strong, progressive, Bernie Sanders type of Democrat running who's... Uh, yeah. His name is Santa Claus. He's running as Santa Claus, which just tells you something about the beauty of, you know, Alaska politics. Oh, it feels oh, it feels like the like a the California gubernatorial race when like, you know, after the recall back when Schwarzenegger won. Yeah. Remember it was like everyone in their in their brother was running for governor. I mean, tr truly in the fall you could end up with Liz Cheney out, Sarah Palin in, Dr. Oz as a senator, and Herschel Walker as a senator. Like, this is where this thing has gone, is that Dr. Oz, Herschel Walker, and Sarah Palin. Yeah, and, and anybody who hasn't seen it yet, I urge you to head over to the hellscape that is Twitter and, uh, and, watch, <laughs> the, and watch the Dr. Oz uh, Wegner's video and then tweet at me thanking me because it is... For, Amazing for, for for those who want to keep their eyes, hearts, and minds clean, is is it somewhere else? Is it on? I, I'm sure YouTube I'm, or Facebook I, or a website. I'm, sh I'm sure. I'm it, sure it has been. Is uh, it has been 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 shared around. But yeah, watch Doctor Oz complaining about the uh, price of food at a what he calls a Wegner's grocery store. Um, Oh, is this an old video? Because I feel like he did this no, before. No, no, he was walking no, through the no. he was walking through the produce section, and he looked like he had been up all night. And he's like talking about no. the vegetables, and 
And there's another one. He did the, it again. That, he did another grocery store run. Yeah. And what, yeah, where he's going to pick up some vegetables for his wife to make a crudite. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I telling you, I feel like this I is literally old. I had to is, Google what crudite meant. Okay. I think this know. is an old, I think this is an old bit. Maybe it's not. I feel like I saw this because there were two of them. One where he's outside, where he's putting gas in his car. And he was talking about the price of gas, and then he was in there shopping for his wife to make this 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 crudite. So, but but maybe it's uh, maybe it's a new one again. Well, he's not doing well. And look, I mean, the upside I know I've said it's possible that it's Palin and it's Oz and it's Herschel Walker. It's also quite possible that the sen- the Democratic senator in Georgia is reelected. That there's a flip of a Senate seat in Pennsylvania from Republican Toomey uh, over over to. Federer, and it's quite possible that um, Sarah Palin isn't even the most popular Republican in Alaska. So those those things are all actually more probable than uh, than than not. Is what I, what I think is probably going to happen. Well, listen, I need to get running. Okay, buddy. Hey, see ya. And th- thanks to all of you. We will be back with a little with yep. a little a little faith talk tomorrow. So uh, thanks for being a part of the podcast, and we'll catch you on the flip side, as they say. <laughs>